Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Christine. And I'm Kat. And today on the podcast, we are taking a look at the differences between traditional savings accounts and cash investment funds. Now, this was an episode request from a lovely listener. So firstly, thank you very much for requesting it. And um, it's also a personal interest of both Kat and I. And it's something that we've mentioned Mm. on the podcast quite a few times recently. Mm -hmm. Kat actually said that 2023 was going to be the year that the cash funds oh, get had a glow, it up. glow up yeah, yeah that's true so. <laughs> yeah what a proclamation but i mean it's standing true exactly so we are back to address that claim and talk <laughs> you through well really what the differences are and how do you weigh up one against the other and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so without further ado let's get into it we're gonna make this sharp and snappy as well yeah q a come at me yes Great. So I'm going to ask the questions and Kat's oh. going to give you all the details. <laughs> and if I don't know, I'll say, please look at the website. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Okay. Number one, what is the difference between an on-call savings account, notice saver savings account, term deposits, and mm. a cash fund? Cool. So I think everyone is probably familiar with an on-call savings account and potentially a notice saver. So an on-call savings account is typically with your regular bank. It may have some kind of nominal amount of interest attached to it, potentially some kind of requirements. I'm with Westpac. They call it a bonus saver and you get kind of like a, I get a message every month being like, deposit an extra amount of this into this account and you'll get your interest. And I'm like, oh, too hard. I can't be bothered. <laughs> um, but that's essentially an on-call savings account. On-call because you can access the money literally at any time, any moment. It's all good. But of course, with that trade-off, you're not going to get a very high interest rate. As opposed to a notice saver, as applied in the name, one needs to give notice that they would like their <laughs> savings. <laughs> So most people would be familiar with this in relation to, I think, maybe KiwiBank have one. Obviously, we know Heartland has one, um, Rabobank, those types of things. And we kind of explain them as being a alternative or a close alternative to a term deposit. Um, the benefit of a notice saver over, say, a term deposit is you get a slightly higher interest rate in both because you're giving the bank your money for a guaranteed longer period of time. But unlike a term deposit... Uh, where when you lock in that term deposit, you also lock in your interest rate and notice saver is also subject to the rises and falls of the OCR and therefore you can benefit from that. Equally, if we started to see interest rates decline, you would not have like locked in you know, a higher rate in the same way that you would a term deposit. So that's one benefit and I guess key difference. Um, but typically you just need to also let the bank know like, hey, I want to make a withdrawal and then there's a stand down time before you get the money back in your account, usually around kind of 30 to 34 days, depending on the provider. Cool. A cash fund is rather different. A cash Mm. fund is a fund. So it's confusing because we're calling it a savings product and it's good for, I guess, short-term goals, but it is also actually an investment fund and thereby run by, you know, a licensed fund provider like Kernel. The main difference with a cash fund is similar to a notice saver or an on-call savings account. The rate of return that you would get from that fund will fluctuate. So it's not guaranteed. It's not locked in. It's also called something different. It's called a yield to maturity, which really confuses people. But in kind of layman's terms, that's the indicative rate that the fund would return in the next 12 months. So as an example, the kernel cash fund right now, the yield to maturity is 6% before tax. In comparison to our notice saver account, which is 5.25%. Yeah. Yeah, nailed it. (laughs) Um, So the reason that a 
well, someone would expect a cash fund to potentially have a higher rate of return than, say, a standard savings account is because there is a bit more flexibility in the management of those underlying, you know, savings products, whether they be savings accounts, term deposits, maybe some fixed income instruments like a bond. There's a bit more flexibility to have a range of different things that the fund manager is investing into and therefore they can be a bit more reactive to I guess changes in interest rates and the wholesale rate market and be working to get her a better rate all the time yeah. does that make sense yeah I have a quick question yeah I feel like you've got some follow-ups yes, look I at me I like, so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so first one is I think as Kiwis traditionally we are savers and we kind of we love savings accounts and I think a big reason for that is kind of clinging on to this idea of security right mm. and um, and the certainty that you know you're going to get what you're going to get yeah exactly and that it's in a big bank so it must be safe right yeah but something that isn't talked about a lot is diversification when it comes to something like a savings account versus let's yep. say a, a cash investment because mm. in some ways the cash plus fund could actually be um, don't quote me on this more secure or like yeah. more a different type of security because yep. it has diversification. I think, yeah, yep. that is a super important point because, um, you know, if you are a regular Kiwi saver, um, you probably don't have enough money in your account to go directly to lots of different banks and have multiple savings accounts with mm. multiple providers. It doesn't make a lot of sense, particularly if the type of savings account on offer, you want to maximise the rate by, or, you know, the benefits or the bonus rate by having the most amount of money in that. The niceness of, say, a cash fund is all of that money is pulled together right and then you're a unit holder in the fund Mm. in the same way you are for say regular investment funds so the manager of that fund is doing the hard work on your behalf to go and get better rates across the various investments or cash investments because they have more money to play with yeah yeah, so yeah there is always that benefit and the diversification factor you point out is great in the sense of like i don't want to say security because security and cash Mm. confuses people i think security when you're talking about cash people think of like i'm going to deposit $10,000 and get back at the bare minimum $10,000 because it's in cash. It does vary a little bit with a cash fund in the sense that a cash fund can fluctuate a little bit. And I think we'll probably get into that more. But in terms of the security that comes from diversification, you certainly have that in a fund more so than just holding your money with one bank. Cool. Okay. And then what is the relationship between savings accounts and cash funds and the OCR? Because you kind of talked about them, the rates fluctuating. (laughs) Yes, the rates fluctuating. Yes, I mean, I feel like everyone's probably paying a bit more attention to the OCR now that interest rates are going up because you're either like self-interested because you're a mortgage holder and you're like panicking or you're self-interested because you're a saver and you're like cheering. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe doing both. That could be good. But essentially, you know, the official cash rate, otherwise known as the OCR, um, as managed by the Reserve Bank, is an indication of the rate at which the government would lend to the wholesale market and is the basis upon which wholesale banks, i.e. ASB, ANZ, all the banks that we deal with, um, would then lend to their customers and give, you know, savings returns to their customers. So if you see that the OCR is at five and a half percent, you can be guaranteed that if you're a mortgage payer, your mortgage will be higher than that because the bank wants to earn money. (laughs) You would hope that the bank is potentially going to pass on that full rate for you as a saver. But as we can see, that doesn't always happen. So I think if we look at um, some of the kind of on-call 
online savings rates currently offered by the big four banks, they actually sit, so looking at this, uh, ASBs are pretty shonky. They're like offering 2.9% on their savings on call. So, you know, come on, guys, do better. Um, BNZ, 4.55. When you look at the likes of Heartland or Rabobank, you start to get up a bit higher, up sort of towards the fives, but not many banks are passing on that full OCR rate. So full Mm 5.5 being passed on straight to the consumer. So to your point of the relationship, you would hope and expect that if the OCR goes up, the savings rates being paid on savings accounts would also go up. Similarly, you would hope that the rate of return or the indicative yield on a cash fund also improves. But the caveat to this is a very technical term called what is the duration of the fund, where essentially the ability for a fund manager that's managing a cash fund to benefit from an increase in the OCR depends on their ability to actually reinvest or buy, you know, various cash investments once the OCR has changed. Mm -hmm. Now, if their money is already fully invested and all locked up in kind of inflexible things, maybe, you know, they have a particular bond that they don't want to get rid of, or they have term deposits, which often in a cash fund, maybe they have like a lock-in period whereby they then can't be super reactive. So that's why cash funds, I guess, have a slightly different type of management to, you know, your traditional stock standard index passive fund. Um, And for an investor, one thing that you would want to look at is kind of what is the duration of the fund, which is essentially the average maturity date across all of the instruments or investments in the portfolio. So I believe for the Kernel Cash Plus Fund, sorry, this got technical really quick. Um, <laughs> for the Kernel Cash Plus Fund, uh, Matt, don't yell like at me if I get it wrong. Three nine or something, <laughs> three six. Yeah, so yeah. which is basically just under four months. Yeah. So quoted on kind of an annual basis. So it's just under four months. So there is the ability, I guess, for the portfolio manager to be a bit reactive based on what they are anticipating will happen with the OCR. Mm-hmm. If, you know, in an interest rate environment that we have been in where interest rates have been rising really quickly, if you had a really long duration, that would be of negative to you as the investor because that portfolio mm-hmm. isn't going to change as quickly as one with a shorter duration and therefore benefit from the higher rates as they come into play. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And so I, I kind guess of if- went off tangent a little bit with that question <laughs> and all of a sudden <laughs> we're talking about duration. <laughs> You're right. No, 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 it's good. But so I guess when you think of duration yep. comparatively to, let's say, a term deposit, so if we're saying that the Kernel Cash Plus Fund has a duration of zero. Just under like four, four months. months yep. Then you might want to look at like a three to six month term, term deposit. Term deposit as a comparative Horrible. point yep. in terms of like what is a bank term deposit between three to six months offering me um, on rates? And is that on par or better or worse than like a cash plus fund? And yet that would be a fair comparison. It's not a fair comparison to look at a on-call savings account and a cash fund Mm. because your access to the money is different and the types of investments and I guess underlying like holdings are completely different. So I guess the decision point between those two really comes down to your understanding and comfort. Um, A lot of people default to just having it in the bank because as you said at the start, it's what they know, what they're used to. It's really hashtag safe and secure, like (laughs) all that kind of stuff. But it may also not be um, the best option for them for money that they don't need in the like immediate future. Yeah, cool. So why would I use like 
what kind of money would I put into mm, a cash loss fund? Mm, or is it, great, you know, money I want to use question, for a holiday? I'm going to because we can't give financial advice. So I'm just going to tell everyone what I'm currently putting <laughs> yeah, money in the cash loss fund for because yeah. I have been throwing all excess dollars into the cash plus fund. Nice. So as I recently shared with you, I we post-holiday had like depleted all of our monies. Yeah. So we had no emergency <laughs> fund, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we, or I received a small inheritance and so... Thankfully, I'm now lo- no longer destitute with a no emergency fund. Oh, good. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So Great from <laughs> that, um, we have obviously re-established our emergency fund, but I've kept that in my shitty Westpac on-call savings. It's getting nothing, but it's because for my comfort levels, I want it to be in our same bank account that's attached to our card should we need something. Mm-hmm. We also very purposefully have gotten rid of our credit cards. Oh. So that was the other thing that kind of prompted me with that is I was like, well, we do need kind of immediate access to a lump of cash should an emergency happen because we now don't have a credit card to put an expense on. I was going to say, can we like side share the story behind that? No, not oh, yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> Come back later. Stay tuned <laughs> yeah. for an, a money moment update coming on, on credit card hacks and traps. Yeah, okay, um, anyway. So – that yeah for me emergency fund is still like on call and also I'm not motivated to make any money on that like Mm -hmm. I actually don't really want my I don't care that my emergency fund is essentially earning nothing like I don't lose sleep over that however with the other small amount of money that then we had set aside we were in that state of like hmm we don't really know what to do we kind of have some future goals we're considering maybe upsizing our house at some point Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not something that we think we could do in the next 12 months but maybe I don't know things change so we do want some flexibility we don't really have any lumpy expenses or things that we have a known purpose for to spend that money on we also actively wanted to move it out of our bank account because luke and i had both been terrible at like dipping into our savings recently (laughs) so we have very purposefully moved it to our kernel account and put the money into the cash plus fund so that um we have accessibility to that money within a couple of business days if we need it rather than opting for the notice saver i didn't want to do for the notice saver just in case we changed our minds as we tend to do and yeah that's kind of I guess what I would see a good cash plus fund purpose for money that maybe you know you want to spend at some point or might use but is kind of in a like TBC it's having an identity crisis right now (laughs) that pool pool of savings so kind of more short-term like Mm. parking the money yeah short-term parking maybe you need to decide maybe like you got a tax refund and you want to buy a handbag but you're trying to tempt yourself out of it (laughs) So you're just going to put it in the cash plus fund to like wait a little bit and see if you still still feel the same in a month's time. <laughs> the, like, I was going to say interest, but the rate of return or the yield exactly. maturity actually grows enough. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, yes. So definitely that. And, you know, I think it also definitely has a place for people that are ultimately just a bit more conservative mm. and don't want to be, you know, taking a full-blown leap into investing. Yeah. I think in that same one where I proclaimed them having a glow up, I was like, it's a great gateway fund. <laughs> gateway. Like, yeah, like if, <laughs> to see the light. If Colonel was a drug dealer, <laughs> this would be our gateway drug. <laughs> To get people into equity funds because you are still in a fund and it has a different type of structure and I guess the same amount of access as an equity fund, but it is ultimately the lowest risk of all of the types of funds that we have and it's a one out of seven on the scale and, you know, it is very, very stable in comparison to like how share market funds would move. And I do think it is a good – well, but you're also going to hopefully get a 
better return than you would in your bank account. So that's why I'm like, it's a good gateway Mm -hmm. into what you could perhaps do beyond just saving for saving's sake. Love that. Mm. Um, Two things on that. It is also the... Well, I don't want to use the word conservative because they're Mm. not the same thing, which will lead me on to the next question. Mm. But it is a fund that you can opt for within the Colonel KiwiSaver plan. So you could be using it for something like working towards a first home as you near towards that goal, um, that short-term goal. So that's a type of example. Switching out of something that's a bit more like growth-focused into something cash. Yeah, first-time example is great. If you know that like you're now at the place of having enough money to start looking for homes and that's on your horizon or you're starting to go through your like lending process, you want to lock that money into a low-risk asset class so that, you know, it doesn't fluctuate whilst you're finding your dream home um yeah so great shout yeah nice okay cool and then that leads perfectly on to what is the difference between a cash fund and a conservative fund so you know with a lot of kiwisaver plans and you know the kind Mm. of lower risk options they are called conservative funds yeah so typically conservative funds will still have some type of percentage or allocation to growth assets it will just be very very low so i think kind of the reference point of asset allocation is somewhere between 10 and sort of 35 percent allocation to equities which Mm -hmm. is still relatively high if you're at the upper end of that bracket you know it's conservative but it's not like zero risk Um, even with 10% allocation to equities it's not zero risk and so yeah that is I think kind of the main difference defensive funds is another one that kind of Mm -hmm. gets thrown out a little bit so some providers may have a defensive fund and a conservative fund also I feel like those words are the same like who who why (laughs) (laughs) who decided on this like they kind of mean the same thing I know Um, I guess the nice thing about a cash fund is it literally does what it says on the tin and it just has cash and fixed income even that though still managed to confuse a lot of people (laughs) yes it does but it is purely purely defensive assets i.e cash fixed income there's no sneaky shares or other things hiding in there yeah cool okay love that Mm. now we love to talk about tax Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> do we? <laughs> no, our customers do. Yeah, they true. People love popping in a tax question. Like, oh, I've just yep. been thinking. I just love throwing it in there to see what you'll say. <laughs> I don't think uh, I'll ever stop talking about tax. Yeah, no. But also it's so important. That's why, right? So tax plays into the decision as well mm. because there are different tax rates for more different types of tax rates associated with each different product. Yes. Do you want to kind of explain or give us an overview Absolutely. of that? So I guess the high level difference is a savings account in, say, your bank, is any interest on that account is taxed at your resident withholding, i.e. RWT rate, which is tied to if you're a pay employee, basically your total level of income. So mm. most people would be aware that that would range between 10 and a half and now up to 39%, but for kind of like the average New Zealander is probably somewhere around the 30 to 33% mark. Mm-hmm. The main difference for, say, a cash fund is because it's in a fund structure and specifically for Colonel, a pie fund structure, you get the benefit of having that capped tax rate. So pie tax is capped at 28%. Now, that is an immediate win for anyone that is on like 30 plus in their RWT space because it just means that the you know, for the same amount of money invested in either a cash fund or saved with an on-call savings account, you're immediately going to be paying less tax and hopefully getting the same or better level of return in a cash fund. So it's mm. a double win. Love that. Love, Love that for us. You can kind of view it as like a, an indirect 
fee in some ways, right? Yeah. Like like the paying the between. extra tax. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, definitely relevant for people that are on higher RWT rates to consider a cash fund in a pie structure. Yeah. Um, definitely consider if it's a material amount of money, i.e. you've sold an asset and you're parking the money for a period of time before deciding what to do or, you know, mm. you're saving quite a chunky deposit for your first home and that amount's adding up like that's where I think you know you would really want to start looking at a better tax effective option yeah cool love it Mm. awesome is there any other kind of random side notes you want to speak to about the cash loss fund great question um income generation maybe yeah I mean that's certainly something that some people would look at in terms of being, I guess, drawn to the fact that it's got a higher yield, therefore you're going to be returning a higher amount of potential income. Actually, but on that, the one thing that I guess I would note for this, particularly with kernel structure, is you can reinvest all of those that mm-hmm. earnings in the same way that you can like reinvest dividends or distributions oh, yeah. from the other equity funds in the holdings. And so again, if you are the type of person that just wants to see the balance grow and perhaps not dip into <laughs> like more cash available, that's quite good. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a good one. And then I guess the other thing that's obviously worth mentioning that we haven't touched on actually between the differences is because it's a fund, there's going to be a fee associated with it choosing to use that fund Um, and that is because as we talked about earlier there is someone managing that money on your behalf ultimately to your benefit because they're working with a larger pool of money than you as an individual and they can access you know better rates different products all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and of course there will be a fee trade-off there what you're looking to I guess still get out of that is a net yield to maturity. So a yield to maturity minus the fees, that is still higher than what you would get in your bank account. Yep. So that's the dream. And then yep. tax is just an added bonus if you've Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, tax is, well, I would hope that most people that are on kind of that 30 plus RWT rate are wisening up to the fact that they should be using pie fund structures for their investments in general if mm. they're serious about growing their investments mm. because the same thing applies to holding direct shares mm. and having your dividends taxed at 33 39 30% rather than 28 Yeah, love that. Yeah. That's great savings. Shout out to pies. Yeah. <laughs> pie <laughs> funds, not delicious pies. <laughs> Yeah, not like blueberry pie. Exactly. Um, I do have one last question, actually. Mm-hmm. In terms of how those, because you know with a savings account you get paid kind of monthly interest, how does it work? Is it Oh, great question. Fund? Yeah, so, I mean, that is a main difference as well in that because it's an investment fund, even though those investments are cash investments, that's why I think where people get nervous. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, investments, like equities. No, cash investments. <laughs> because it's a fund, it does mean that there's a unit price and that unit price will fluctuate as the assets in that fund do vary a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will see the value of your fund holdings change over time as opposed to seeing I made a $20,000 deposit and at the end of every month I get deposited back into my account my 30 days worth of interest on the interest rate that was being paid at that time. So 
there is less certainty mm-hmm. around that in the sense that some people are drawn to, I guess, mm. the bank structure because there's certainty around what I'm going to get. And I can calculate, like, if I put in $100,000, I'm going to get this in a month's time and then that is going to be fine. And I appreciate that, but I guess it's, well, how important is that really? And mm-hmm. is it more important that you're in something that's slightly better tax structured and potentially yielding a better return mm-hmm. and still delivering on you having easy access to your money if need be, mm-hmm. um, rather than being too fixated about like knowing how much money you earned in a 30-day period, which if that's you, please get a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> We'll stick to 34-day notice savers. Just disengage with yeah. some of your money would yeah. be my advice. Yeah. You're too in the detail. Walk Park away from the spreadsheet. Get on, get on with your life. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, love that. Cool. Awesome. Well, great insights. Yeah. Thank you so much. Does that make cash funds a bit easier to understand? Definitely. I feel yeah. like I always learn something when yeah. we talk about cash yeah. funds. And I think like everything, yeah. like it's not an all-or-nothing approach. You know, you yeah. can have – Different products for different needs and I Mm -hmm. do just, I think, strongly, strongly suggest to people that um, there is a lot of benefit in having the separation, right? And that's where I think something like this can work really well Mm. is it's still a really great savings product and it's away from your day-to-day bank and it's just removing that temptation. It's removing the normal human behaviour. It's, um, you know, easy to set up like an auto-saving deposit towards it with your pay, like all that kind of stuff works really well. So love it. Great insights. Yeah. Awesome. And so just a quick side note, we did the rates that we spoke about today. We pulled off either the kernel website or interest.co.nz and the FMA for the allocation to growth Growth. assets within the conservative fund. So if you want to find out more about that, we will chuck those links in our podcast bio. But otherwise, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.